This podcast is not here for those people that are trying to stay out of last place. Because those consequences don't exist for the people that are listening to this podcast. These are the people that always end up in the playoffs but can't seem to get over that hump. Or the ones who just want to dominate year after year just to show everybody else they're the champions. Guys, this is a fantasy football intervention. And we're about to intervene with your fantasy football life. Before we get this started, just want to give you guys a heads up. This is not an XFL episode, but I got to get something off my chest. So yesterday, the first XFL game ended, and I was so frustrated with something, which you guys will hear about in a second, that I decided to record. And that wasn't the best idea, because I got a little bit agitated. Just a little bit. Here's a clip from it. Those goddamn motherfuckers, like, what the fuck are they thinking? Yeah, that's how frustrated I was. The reality is, when the XFL came out and they decided to be reinventing themselves, you know, they saw the AAF go up in flames, and they said, we can't make the same mistakes the AAF made. We need to increase profits, we need to increase revenue. How can we do that? And the answer was easy. It was incorporate gambling into the XFL at a higher rate than any other professional sport. You see it everywhere. At the end of quarter, you'll see the spreads. You'll see the over-unders. And it stays updating, so you are constantly, constantly going online and putting money back in to help increase, I guess, interest, along with intrigue, and ultimately drive revenue and profits up for the XFL. It's working. It is absolutely working. People are spending money. They're watching the games more. They're getting locked in to these games and gambling. They love it. But the XFL is fucking up. And they're fucking up majorly. Because the people like me, who had exposure and had content, But they are making my job a living hell. Because for me, I base so much of my research off of who's going to be healthy, who's not going to be healthy, offense, defense, what the matchups are going to be, how they might try and exploit certain situations, how they've been preparing. And I can't even find an active slash inactive report for the games. At least an accurate one. It is so frustrating. You have one source that's saying that Truesdale, for example, was a full participant in practice, and you have another one saying that he's out and he's not playing this week. He was in, and he was playing, and he was fine. But how are you supposed to rely on these sources when you never know which one is right? And the thing is, is on the same report that said that Truesdale was practicing in full, also had Silvers practicing in full and as the listed starter. When we all know that B.J. Daniels was going to get the opportunity. 
It is so frustrating. And it's tough to give an accurate assumption of fantasy points based on certain players when you don't know if they're going to be in or not. God, it's getting me pissed off and worked up again. Because I'm sitting here for two or three hours doing research on injury reports. It makes no sense. If they end up losing me, then to an extent, they're going to lose quite a few of you guys. Because I am driving interest up. I am reminding you guys to play. I am getting you to put more lineups in. They are making more money. But if I stop talking about it, you guys still might play a lineup or two. But you might not think of the certain lineups that I talk about. God damn it. I want to do this for you guys. I want to be accurate. But it's extremely, extremely tough. And if the XFL doesn't do something about these accuracy issues, they're going to lose a ton, a ton of clientele. They already said the biggest issue they saw with gambling in the NFL was that you didn't know who was going to be playing in games because they were too, I guess, loose on the terminology used to say if a player is going to play or not in that upcoming game. And yet, I can't even get an inactive slash active report. It is mind-boggling. Get your shit together. Let that sink in while I take a sip of water and cool off real quick so I can get this episode started with. (sighs) Now, this is not an XFL show. said it earlier, we are going to dive into the NFL and the free agency, but not like everybody else does. Not like everybody else. You already know what everybody else is going to say, right? They're going to sit there and they're just going to throw out different ideas of where somebody could land, you know, and then talk about the fantasy value if they do. And the chance of the people actually landing there are slim, but they still want to talk about it just because that's what everybody else is doing, right? And I was like, I don't want to do that. I want to do something different. So I reached out there to a few different people in fantasy football discussion. Huge shout out to you guys. And Nick, actually, guy that I conversate with regularly and bounce ideas off of, threw out an idea of, hey, why don't you talk about how certain players can be affected by other players leaving their team or landing on their team. I was like, that's a good idea, but I typically talk about the offensive linemen after the first week of free agency because they do have such an effect. And you guys know that if you listen to this podcast. But it gave me an idea. It sparked an idea. What about me talking about defensive players? Because I do break those down pretty regularly, especially on DFS episodes. What about if I talk about them leaving their situation and how it affects either other people on their team or even other people in the division, right? Because we saw how bad the Jaguars got after Jalen Ramsey left. They went from being the second overall defense in passing all the way down to the 16th. So it's like, hey, I'll explore this. And I actually came across a few different interesting people. I'm going to mainly try and go division by division. So that way you guys can keep up with me and I'm not bouncing around too much. And for guys like Eric Armstead, Shaquille Barrett, 
99% chance that they get franchised or the team works out a deal with them. So I don't want to waste time speaking about guys that are probably going to remain in their situation. I also don't want to waste time on guys that were negative on their team or, you know, poor players like Kendall Fuller, who was actually phenomenal for the Redskins that one year, got traded off in the Alex Smith trade and ended up going over the Chiefs. For the Chiefs, as a slot corner, he sucked. He did not fit their system. So obviously, if he leaves, it's probably a better thing for the Chiefs if another player steps up and takes that spot. I'm not going to talk about those guys. Ronald Darby's another one. The Eagles defense was horrendous, and you could pass him all day. You know, Ronald Darby wasn't really a factor. So I don't care if he leaves the Philadelphia Eagles situation. But guys like Anthony Harris, even Trey Waynes, Everson Griffin, dude, those guys for the Vikings, those guys are kind of like the staple for that team, on defense at least. And if those guys leave, it could affect the defense tremendously, especially, especially in the passing game. I mean, one of the most feared duos is Everson Griffin, along with Hunter. He ends up leaving that situation. Man, with the Minnesota Vikings salary cap situation, they will not be in a very good spot. Now, do they end up tagging this guy? I don't see that happening. You know, do they work some cap magic, which if you guys listen to the podcast, you guys hear Devin talk about the Vikings all the time. Like it's almost unbearable sometimes, but (laughs) he's not here today. He still believes that their GM, who is a genius with the salary cap and who has done magical things with the salary cap so far, he thinks that he could end up working something out. He really does. But if he leaves, it is wheels up for the Green Bay Packers. It is wheels up for Matt Stafford and Detroit Lions. You're going to get a bonus two games every single year up against a team that is losing two defensive backs that are both starters and one of the best defensive ends in the game. So if I'm targeting players, right, I'm keeping an eye on guys like Marvin Jones Jr., who will be extremely, extremely cheap because of his age. And if he does end up back with the Lions, could end up having a bunch of good games just like he did this past year, but even better. You know, you now have guys like Devontae Adams you can target, but whoever ends up being that second wide receiver in that offense, the one that's typically on Trey Wayne's side, dude, it's wheels up for whoever that guy ends up being. So we want to keep a close, close eye on certain players who could end up being in magical situations this upcoming season with certain teams losing multitude of defenders. Before I end up going into that anymore, I want to let you guys know about Patreon. Patreon.com slash Fantasy Intervention has been amazing so far. Huge shout out to all you addicts, all you supporters, the people that are part of the circle. Love you guys. You guys have been awesome. If you guys want to become an addict, right, and join our circle, just go to Fantasy Intervention on Patreon, patreon.com slash Fantasy Intervention. And click to join our circle. It's the $2 one. Don't do the $5 one. We're not ready to release that yet. Do the $2 one. It's two bucks. Costs you, what, all of 50 cents a week? 50 cents a week. That's it. You get bonus content. You get DFS lineups on a regular basis. I'm talking about three a week minimum. And for the XFL, I've actually been putting out a little bit more just because I want you guys to win money. We've had multiple people hit on multiple different occasions with the lineups that I've posted. I mean, one of the lineups that I posted, if you entered in a $3 contest, it won you 640 bucks. I had another one that won you 400 
I had a guy that won $6,000 because he took one of my lineups and he did different variations of my lineup and he won $6,000. Now I know the season's far off, so that's why we're going to do bonus content for you guys, right? As soon as free agency hits and we figure out the majority of players and their landing spots, prior to the draft, I'm going to do my player rankings and that will be on patreon.com slash fantasy intervention. My rookie rankings, I've got them all listed up there and why I feel like they're in certain ways. I'm going to be coming out with that as well here. As soon as I get an opportunity to breathe, I'll put up my full-on rookie rankings. You already have my pre-combine rankings up there. And hell, I hit on most of my pre-combine rankings. Denzel Mims for me was like 202. He is now most likely in the first round. But most people didn't even have Denzel Mims in the third round. And I had him at my 202. DPJ, Donovan People Jones, yeah, I had him in my mid second round. Yet nobody was talking about him. I am hitting on things before anybody else does because I'm willing to do the work. I'm willing to grind and get that information and get it to you guys. And the Patreon members, they benefit, the addicts benefit. So if you guys want to join our circle, once again, it's patreon.com slash fantasy intervention where you get exclusive content, exclusive content. Get excited for that. Anyways, on to the guys we're going to talk about. I just went through the Vikings. Now we're going to go to the Lions. The Lions actually have a surprising amount of free agents considering that their defense was so bad anyways. I don't know if they're going to bring any of these guys back. I mean, they got Tavon Wilson, who's a safety. Right? He's open to returning to the Lions. He came out and said it today. But mm, is he going to do it? I don't think so. You have Ashawn Robinson. You also have Mike Daniels on that defensive line. These guys are two big-time run stoppers, so what does that mean? Well, the Lions weren't great at stopping the run already, so it's not really going to increase the stock of people like, I don't know, Dalvin Cook as much. And we need to keep an eye on what happens with the draft, of course. But guys like Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, and even Montgomery could end up being targets for this bonus they're going to get in two games. Along with that, you also lose an Everson Griffin. So, yeah, I mean, I think that Montgomery could end up being a buy, especially, especially at his low value. I mean, I would trade a third rounder for Montgomery. I don't know if you'll end up getting him for that, but it'd be worth it for me. When it comes to the Bears with HaHa Clinton Dix, he was a very average safety, so I don't think that much changes. However, when you have a ball-hawking safety, a guy that's just always in the mix, it creates a lot of issues for guys like Marvin Jones. It creates a lot of issues for guys like Stefan Dix, Adam Thielen, right? Even guys like MVS. No, I'm not, I'm not saying go pick up MVS. I'm just kidding. But once again, we're seeing a huge, huge drop-off with players in the safety position and the cornerback position for this whole division. So I'm going to be buying up guys like Marvin Jones on the cheap, cheap, cheapest side that I can possibly get him. Right? Like a late, late, late third rounder. If I'm a team that can win now and I just need a bonus guy that can fill in if somebody gets injured or if I end up having some guys on the buy in the same week, I think that Marvin Jones could end up being a huge, huge, huge buy low candidate. Listen, Matt Stafford was still very, very solid as a quarterback in fantasy up until he got hurt. I believe he was like quarterback number five. He was up there. He was up there. And he still plays at a high-end level. The only issue is his back. 
But if we can get, I don't know, 14 solid games out of Matt Stafford, you will see a check mark in the win column for you winning this trade. And then whoever is the wide receiver coming in for the wide receiver two position in Green Bay, if they draft a guy or if they try and go after a guy in free agency, I mean, it could end up being Lazard, which if that case, I'm going to be targeting Lazard. However, if they do draft a guy, go after a guy in free agency, whatever the case is, I'm going to be targeting the shit after that player, whether it's in the rookie draft or whether it's in trades because of a free agency coming in. I mean, how sexy would Robbie Anderson look in Green Bay? I don't think that happens, but I'm just saying. It could end up working out tremendously. Hell, even Aaron Rodgers might become fantasy viable for me, and I've stayed far, far away from Aaron Rodgers for the past few years now. not saying that Aaron Rodgers isn't a startable quarterback, because I think he finished out as, what, quarterback 10, something like that? But yeah, I mean, he might become an option at that point. Now, if we look at other divisions, we have the NFC South, and there's not... Too much going on in the NFC South. I mean, the Panthers have Trey Boston. He might be leaving from free agency. We'll see what happens with that. But, I mean, you could end up passing on Panthers anyway. So that didn't really matter. didn't make an impact. However, with Tampa Bay, they're going to be losing Nambagasu. That's a big one. In Tampa Bay, their defense just kept getting better and better and better as the year went on. And that run defense was actually pretty solid overall. So, losing Sue could end up being a huge, huge hit to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that they end up tagging Shaquille Barrett, so that doesn't really affect anything. But if you can get an extra two games out of one of these running backs, you know, even backups like Latavius Murray, you know, drafting a running back for the Falcons, it could just bump that guy up a couple extra spots. I'm not talking about a significant difference. But if you're going to get, I don't know, 200-yard games instead of 260-yard games out of a guy, dude, I'll take that every time. Like I said, it's not going to be a huge impact or monumental impact. It's not going to change my rankings. I mean, it's bigger for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers than it is for the actual running backs itself. But I'll take those two extra games. It can move the needle a little bit for me. Now, I want to move on to a different division, a division that has a little bit more going on. That's going to be the NFC West. The NFC West tied themselves to some big-time, big-time contracts, some big-time, big-time defenders as well. I mean, when John Lynch took over for the 49ers, that team was an absolute wreck. But they had a ton of cap space. They went out, and they overspent to try and get a couple above-average players into the fold to increase interest from free agency in the future. Guys like, what's his name, Jakuzic? How do you say it? Is that how you say it, Jakuzic, the fullback? Whatever his name is. Anyways. That ended up putting a lot of these teams in the NFC West into a bad, bad spot. In fact, the only team that has a ton of salary cap space is going to be the Arizona Cardinals there. And they're not even losing anybody on defense, not anybody of worth. So I'm sitting here and I'm looking at it, and the Seattle Seahawks stand out the most to me. The Seattle Seahawks are losing, potentially, Jadavion Clowney, who they traded for, pretty significant trade, and Jaron Reed, potentially. When these guys were out of the lineup at the beginning of the season. This team was brutal on defense. Brutal. It actually made Russell Wilson a fantasy viable option, even in a top three guy, I believe, for the first few weeks. He had to pass because they couldn't stop anybody on defense. Then, as these guys got healthier, they came back, added pieces. 
all of a sudden, the Seattle defense looked formidable. However, they could end up losing both these guys. And I think they're going to do whatever it takes to keep Javion Clowney, at least try to. But, man, Jaron Reed, that force to be reckoned with in the middle, that's going to be a tough, tough piece to replace. And the Seattle Seahawks, they're not in bad of a salary cap position as a team like the Rams or the 49ers, but they're not in great position. So do they end up retaining this guy? And my answer is going to be probably not. I mean, he did have a few issues throughout the early parts to his career. So I don't know if they can retain him. And if they don't, if they don't, it could be wheels up for Kenyon Drake if he resigns with the Arizona Cardinals. It could be wheels up for David Johnson if he's healthy and Kenyon Drake doesn't resign with the Cardinals. I mean, we have to wait and see with DJ, but that could be an actual trade candidate. If you're looking to try and get a guy low, buy low, buy low, buy low. It's, it's a tough bet. I personally am not trading for DJ, but I could see how some people want to. Mostert's a guy that I am targeting. I'm definitely targeting Mostert. I think that he's still a buy low to an extent. I mean, if we look at some of these other guys that they're losing inside of the division, I'm assuming that Eric Armstead comes back. Like I said, they'll probably tag him if they don't resign him. But Littleton's out from the Rams. Yeah. I think that Mostert can end up being a lot, lot more valuable than what people are assessing him at. So I'm going after Mostert. Then you have guys like Chris Carson who are getting devalued tremendously. Guys like Todd Curley. Yeah, I said it, Todd Curley. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. How many times can I say it? Without you guys turning off this podcast. Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley. Honestly, Todd Gurley's going to be in a better situation. I think that the Rams go after the offensive line. And I don't think their defense is going to be as good. They can't resign all these players. Getting that Jalen Ramsey contract on the books, that's tough for them. Look at the offense to take up. And look at Todd Gurley's share when it comes to targets. Should go back to where 2018 was. Just saying. Littleton, like we talked about for the Rams, that could be a huge, huge loss. I mean, this guy was a staple to their defense. He was one of the best coverage linebackers in the league, capable of running the seam with the tight ends, closing quickly on running backs underneath, right? He's the guy that prevented them from getting third down conversions. If that defense ends up getting gassed up, and falls apart, they're going to need some offensive production. And I'm telling you, their wide receivers aren't going to be doing it for them. I think Todd Gurley's time to come back and be relevant is now. And I think he's a huge, huge sleeper. I think that you could trade a late second round pick and acquire Gurley. And I would do it. You're going to get, that's a running back late in the second round. That's going to be better than Gurley. Eno Benjamin? I love Eno Benjamin. I think he's going to be very, very good in this league, and he's going to be a great flex option from week to week. But he's not going to put up better stats than Todd Gurley. Don't come at me with that shit. Come on. Do better. Do better. Anthony McFarlane? No. Not going to work. Anyways, another guy that I'm going to be targeting in this division, if we do see Davion Clowney go, Jaron Reed go, Jimmy Ward from the 49ers, Littleton from the Rams. If we do see these guys exit stage left, then I'm going to see Kyler Murray come on stage and take that spotlight 
over, man. I already have him as a breakout candidate for 2020 when it comes to the quarterback position, and I'm probably going to be a little bit higher on him than most people are. Just like Josh Allen, baby. Just like Josh Allen. But for Kyler Murray, seeing an exit of talent on the defensive side, the defenses that he matches up with, along with having a young, developing wide receiver crew, God, I love it. I love Kyler Murray. Check this out. In order to be a top five fantasy option, there are certain check marks you have to go through, right? One of them is, can you throw the ball? Check. Can you run the ball? Check. Do you play the NFC East this year? Check. And what about the AFC North? Check. Holy shit. Kyler Murray's schedule is going to be fucking amazing. I love it. God, I love it. Go get Kyler Murray now. This is what the point of this episode is for you guys. It's to identify people that nobody's talking about, that nobody, nobody is thinking about, guys that are off the radar. And you know why we do this? Because their value could not be lower. When people start putting together their rankings and they start figuring out how many points each player is going to put up, In each game, and they see this schedule, Kyler Murray is going to get hot. He's going to get so hot. Imagine if they end up adding a big piece to their draft. Somebody like CeeDee Lamb. He's going to be on fire. Go get Kyler Murray now. Go get him. All right. For the NFC East, speaking of, while we're over there, I'll talk about the NFC East. This is our last NFC division. And we don't have too many big-time names that are really going to affect the outcome. I mean, we have Leonard Williams, who is not on the same page as the Giants right now. Supposedly, they're not even close when it comes to contract talks. But Leonard Williams didn't really do anything for the Giants when he came in. He helped out the run defense a little bit, but not much. Does it really have a huge effect if he leaves? I don't really see that happening. However, the Cowboys, Cowboys are in an interesting spot because the Cowboys had Byron Jones. Byron Jones was a lockdown corner. He did extremely, extremely well up against wide receiver ones this past season. In fact, I thought he was one of the top 10 guys easily at the cornerback position. I mean, he was impressive. And then Robert Quinn could end up leaving. I mean, he wasn't phenomenal, but he was very, very solid as an edge rusher. Putting pressure on the quarterbacks. I believe he had 57 total pressures on the quarterback this past year. If I remember right, I mean, he was good. He was good. If these two guys leave, this could be huge, huge for Michael Gallup. It's a very similar situation to Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson last year without Javion Clowney, John Reed, we already talked about it. When they were out, Russell Wilson points went through the roof. When they came back, they got healthier. He didn't need to pass as much. The defense was more dominant. Look for this to happen to the Cowboys. They are going to lose significant pieces all over the board. Hey, and Amari Cooper's no lock to return. I would much rather, if you guys listen to this episode or this show, you guys know I would much rather have Byron Jones and Robert Quinn over Amari Cooper. I would. But the thing was, the Cowboys traded away draft capital. So now they can't do anything about it. They were idiots. Instead of waiting and being patient and just letting them acquire a wide receiver in this draft, they went out and traded for Amari Cooper. Congratulations. Now you're stuck with another bad contract. You're now stuck with another bad defense. 
And with the situations improving for the New York Giants, for the Washington Redskins, and hopefully the Philadelphia Eagles, if they can acquire some talent at the wide receiver position for them, it could be a high-scoring affair after high-scoring affair with four bad defenses in the same division. Now, I do think the Redskins' defense is actually going to take a step up this year, so I don't know if they're as bad, but they're not close to signing Quentin Dunbar to another contract right now. And if they can't get him back on the same page as the Ron Rivera staff, that could be big-time, big-time trouble. So, look for the NFC wide receivers, especially Michael Gallup, to take a step up. I'm really loving Michael Gallup as a wide receiver, too, this upcoming season. Potentially wide receiver one. On to my next guys. We're hopping over to the AFC North, and the AFC North actually has some interesting, interesting guys leaving, but you know what? it's not going to be that big of a deal because the Ravens defense is going to be dominant even without Michael Pierce. The Steelers defense looked extremely, extremely good, and they should be, I believe, tagging Bud Dupree. They're going to lose Hargrave, possibly lose Hargrave. The Browns, they're not going to re-sign Schobert. So Schobert, I think, is the biggest thing to look at here. Schobert was extremely, extremely talented when it came to pass coverage. He was shitty when it came to run coverage. Could not defend the run. However, when you look at the Browns and you look at their games up against tight ends, then you go back and you watch the film, you saw that most of those touchdowns came up against safeties and slot cornerbacks when the tight ends scored against them. I couldn't barely find anything where Schobert messed up on a coverage. There was one really, really amazing catch that Mark Andrews made right over top of him. But I mean, outside of that, Dude, he was shutting tight ends down. So keep an eye on his landing spot because if he goes to a team and they utilize him properly where he all he does is cover the tight end and the running back out of the backfield, that could mean some big-time, big-time trouble for that team's division. If he ends up leaving, you get an uptick from the Ravens, you get an uptick from the Steelers with Vance McDonald. Yeah, I'm saying it. I'm going there. Ugh. I don't like it, but I'm saying it. And I can't really say you're going to get an uptick from Eifert because I don't even know if he's going to be with the team or not. But it is a situation monitor. And it's not like, once again, it, it just barely moves the needle and it's a bigger hit for the Browns than for the actual teams facing them, but just keep an eye on that. When it comes to Hargrave and Pierce, that should affect the run game significantly. Whew, you're talking about an extra four games from Nick Chubb. Being able to pound the rock. Joe Mixon with that offensive line comeback. I'm a huge fan of Joe Mixon. I never liked Joe Mixon. Never. He was like a fifth round pick for me this past season or fourth round pick. Not a fan of a guy behind a very shaky and often injured offensive line. With a coach that's trying to create a new system. That Sean McVay system. I just never liked Joe Mixon. But this year. In 2020. We're going to be doing a complete 180. And I'm going to go and target Joe Mixon. Yes, no, I love Joe Mixon this year. Did I just say yes, no? Yes, no. I I love Joe Mixon this year. I think that he could see a significant, significant workload increase, especially because Joe Burrow loves to pass to the running back. Look at what he did with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah. Imagine Joe Mixon now doing that. Plus, we have the return of a healthy offensive line, and hopefully they invest some major draft capital in offensive line as well. High second round pick, high third round pick, protect Joe Burrow. 
the wide receivers aren't anything to call home about. Sure, if John Ross is healthy, which he never is, and maybe A.J. Green comes back and he's exactly who he was back two years ago. Age didn't affect him at all. Time with an injury didn't affect him at all. You know, they don't need to run the ball. That's bullshit. They're going to run and they're going to pass to the running back. Look for Joe Burrow to use him as a safety valve over and over and over again. Go target Joe Mixon. Go get him. Go get him, boy. Go get him. Listen, you're talking about a four-game increase. Four-game increase without the top defensive lineman that specializes in stopping the run. Let that sink in. All right, good. Now we're moving on to the next guys. And we have the AFC South. The AFC South, man, the Jags are in trouble. I don't know what's going on with that team, but they're falling apart. And Ngakwe, pretty sure I nailed that, the edge rusher, he wants to be traded. So the Jags might tag him and trade him. Either way, I don't see him back with the Jaguars. We also see the Texans with DJ Reader. That's a big loss. So you're talking about two major defensive line pieces that just cannot be replaced. You're talking about top-end guys. And DJ Reader is going to impact a lot more than what people are realizing. I mean, the Texans already have a really bad defense. And honestly, half their defense is going to free agency. Because they're all terrible. They're not going to re-sign them. It was brutal, brutal watching the Texans' defense this past season. And Bill O'Brien needs to do something to fix that. Either way, look for another bump up for the running back position. Now, every time that either the Titans, the Jags, the Colts played the Texans. Still, going to barely move the needle, but it is still a needle jump up just a little bit. Just a little bit. And then like we talked about with Ngakwe, that helps out a ton. A ton for Deshaun Watson, who struggles, struggles behind a bad offensive line. Should make Jeremy Tunsil's job a lot, a lot easier. So look for a little bump up for the quarterback positions in the AFC South with Ngakwe leaving town. The Titans losing Logan Ryan, so slot guys are actually pretty crucial here. I mean, the slot guys for the Texans, when, when Hopkins lines up in the slot, when Westbrook lines up in the slot, when T.Y. Hilton or Paris Campbell line up in the slot, and they don't have to look across and see Logan Ryan, who's been one of the best slot cornerbacks of the past five years or so, that's going to be important to keep an eye on. Listen, you never wanted to play slot guys up against the Titans. They never did anything. Really, wide receivers up against the Titans were a tough play unless it was a superstar. Now you have an opening. You have a hole. You have a weakness. And you attack that weakness. So, Didi Westbrook, that could be a buy for me. Paris Campbell is an absolute buy for me. Hopping over to the best team when it comes to defense in the NFL. Arguably, you know, the 49ers were up there. But what are the Patriots going to do? They have so many question marks. So many. And it's kind of scary because we have like McCourty, Devin McCourty. They're probably going to end up using the franchise tag on him if they can't get a contract worked out. Meanwhile, you still have Kyle Van Noy and Jamie Collins. And honestly, Jamie Collins, if he's not playing for the Patriots, he's absolutely brutal. At least he was with the Browns. We got Kyle Van Noy. Both these guys are going to be significant, significant losses, especially to the pass rush when it comes to New England. 
Does that mean that it frees up space for Josh Allen? Yes! Yes! I love it! Everything is coming together for Josh Allen. If they draft a wide receiver, it's going to be bangerang, 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 bangerang. Bangerang. I fucking love Josh Allen in 2020. Love it. Miami Dolphins are in rebuilding mode. They're not going to have a secondary. The Jets, they're losing Brian Poole. That means the slot position is going to open up tremendously. Even so, the Jets aren't that talented in the secondary. You can pass on them. But stay away from Adams. Stay away from Adams. Don't get anybody's head taken off. Either way. I love it, man. I love it. If this defense for the Patriots falls apart, and let's just say they don't go after McCourty because they want to save some salary cap space, and they go after a, I guess, less talented safety, but they believe fits in their system, holy shit, three starters from the Patriots gone. They still got Gilmore. I realize that, but look what happened with John Brown. John Brown smoked Gilmore. It was sick. It's one of my favorite plays of all time. Stephon Gilmore getting smoked by John Brown. It was badass. If you haven't seen it, go look it up. He turned Gilmore around. Anyways, back to it. I think that Josh Allen is a huge buy, if this is the case. Along with Sam Darnold, could end up being a very cheap back-end option as a buy. You know, maybe get rid of a a late third-round pick for him. Maybe somebody might bite on that. And Sam Darnold could end up getting some weapons on his side after this draft. Keep an eye on that. The real winner, though, the biggest winner of them all, is if the Bills end up going and drafting a true alpha wide receiver to take over that role for Buffalo. And then they use John Brown in the way that he's meant to be used, which is a deep threat. That's all he does, and he just gets bomb after bomb after bomb after bomb up against the secondary cornerbacks, and the safety coverage isn't going to be there. It's not going to be there. Just wait for it. John Brown for me, if you're trying to win now, win now only situation, by the way, win now only, John Brown is a buy. You know who's also a buy? Because they're going to need to pass James White and wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, Nikhil Harry. If you are going to put Nikhil Harry in this draft, he would be a late first round guy. He would be drafted as a late first round pick, maybe early second. He would go ahead of guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones. He would most likely go ahead of Chenault. He would definitely go ahead of Brandon Ayuk because he was more productive than Brandon Ayuk was when they played for the same school. Brandon Ayuk wasn't shit while Nikhil Harry was there. Nikhil Harry dominated the touches. Nikhil Harry has a little bit of trouble getting off the line quick enough, but if he continues to develop and he stays healthy and gets the reps in the offseason, Gets the reps in the preseason. Look for Nikhil Harry to have a breakout year in his second year, not even his third. Now, I'm a huge third-year breakout guy, but I think that his breakout year could be this year. Just saying, if their defense falls apart, whoever the quarterback is for the New England Patriots is going to have to pass. And honestly, it would be better if it's not Tom Brady because we already know that Tom Brady doesn't love Nikhil Harry. He likes him, but he doesn't love him. On to the AFC West side. AFC West is very, very interesting. The Chiefs are in a weird situation with their cornerbacks. They've got inside linebackers leaving, outside linebackers leaving, safeties, defensive ends. They're most likely going to end up tagging Chris Jones, but the Chiefs' defense 
it might not look anything like itself over in 2020 compared to 2019. Sean Breedland's out, Kendall Fuller's out, Morris Claiborne's out. I mean, it's just guy after guy after guy after guy. Xavier Williams, it's brutal. The Denver Broncos, they're most likely going to end up losing Chris Harris and Justin Simmons, both guys in the secondary. And then Shelby Harris could be out as well, who's a run-stopping defensive tackle. The Oakland Raiders are going to lose uh, Carl Joseph. That's brutal. The Chargers are really going to lose anybody, at least nobody that I came across. It should be a completely, completely different defensive side for the whole entire AFC West outside of the Chargers. The only bad thing is, is all these teams actually do have salary cap space. So what do they do? What do they do? I don't understand why the Denver Broncos are going to let Justin Simmons walk. I mean, they got $60 million, I believe, in cap space, or $50 million, somewhere in there. It's fifty-seven five, if I remember right. And Justin Simmons was an integral part of this defense, and he's young. So I don't understand why they're letting him walk. Chris Harris, sure, let him go. He's 31 years old. You guys are still kind of rebuilding to an extent, trying to find that identity. Cool, let him go. Shelby Harris, I'd hold on to him, although he's probably going to want more money than what he's worth as a situational run stopper. He could end up being the best situational run stopper in the NFL, but he's only playing two downs. If he plays all three, he's going to end up being subpar because he's going to get gassed. He's going to get gassed. Either way, this division, if they don't go out and replace the pieces that they're, they're losing, then it could be, ready, say it with me, one, two, three. Wheels up for all these guys. I mean, you talk about Keenan Allen. He's not going to have to see Chris Harris anymore. That's amazing, right? He'd be stoked. He'd be stoked on that. Hunter Renfro gets a boost, a huge boost. I mean, this could end up being fun for a lot of these teams. Talk about how often they slide Tyreek Hill and Michael Hardman in the slot for the Chiefs. Not having to see Chris Harris Jr. is like the, the sun opening up, the clouds opening up, the sun comes through. Ah! Wait, is that just the Sega? I think I just did the Sega sound effects. Here's the deal. Chris Harris, I know, I know, played most of his snaps on the outside this past season, but he still did good amounts of snaps inside the slot. And typically, whenever one of these stars moved to the slot, guess what? Chris Harris went with them. And not having to look across and see Chris Harris is going to be a blessing for these slot wide receivers. It's going to be a blessing. When we talk about Justin Simmons, Justin Simmons took away a lot. A lot of deep passes, a lot of stuff over the top. Took away a lot of tight end opportunity. So not having him back in, that's a huge, huge loss for the Broncos. Guess what that opens up? Guess what that opens up? It opens up passing game availability because the offense will have to keep up with the other team's offense. That means that both Drew Locke and Cortland Sutton and hopefully... Henry Ruggs, who should go to the Denver Broncos up there at, what, 15 or 14? Can't remember. Either way, those guys should be options. And if you guys want to take a shot, if you're in a super deep dynasty league, like I have one that has like 40 people or 40 people on a team, and then there's 12 teams, in a league that deep, I think that you can take a shot on Sean Hamilton and just hope for the best. Just saying. Carl Joseph really doesn't move the needle for me at all when it comes to the Raiders, but the Raiders' secondary has been so, so bad. They're going to have to invest in it. They're going to have to invest in it in the draft and in free agency. They're linked to, I believe, Bradbury and 
Byron Jones, but that doesn't really help out their situation. If they went after Simmons, that would not surprise me at all. That could be a great, great fit for them. So maybe Simmons stays inside of the division, which would suck. But back to the point, I think that the Raiders can only, I guess, improve their defense. I don't think that it loses that much juice losing Carl Joseph. The Chiefs, man, their defense was good this past year. They really were. That's why Patrick Mahomes didn't have to throw. That's why he wasn't the the same quarterback that he was the year before. That and the injuries, of course. But look for Patrick Mahomes to have to throw the ball more if they can't rebuild and put together this, this broken defense who is literally just vanishing into the night. They're losing like literally half of their defense. I think that they have 20 players on defense that they're losing. They're going to try and rebuild it. They're going to try and put it back together. But they don't have the most salary cap space in the NFL. I mean, they're going to have to sign a bunch of mid-level guys. In other words, look for this defense to be very average next year. In an improving division, especially on offense, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have to pass. He's going to have to pass. So, yes, Patrick Mahomes, if you guys had any questions, Patrick Mahomes is definitely a buy. Okay, he's a buy candidate. Yeah, try, good luck trying to get him. <sighs> if I could have Patrick Mahomes, be good for, what, 10 years? 15 years? Never have to worry about my quarterback situation outside of bye weeks again? That would be amazing. It would be absolutely amazing. Anyways, guys, that's going to end the episode for today. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've got to go. Gotta take care of some stuff. I would talk all day, but yeah. I'm gonna try and get another episode out to you guys. I still have not decided if I'm gonna do another XFL episode or not. I know that sucks because I know people were winning money off it. But here's the deal. I hold myself to certain standards when it comes to accuracy. Certain, I guess, hidden passageways to success when it comes to finding that secret guy that nobody else is talking about. And if I can't even get accurate information, to deliver to you guys, then what am I doing? I'm just like every other podcast telling you the top five guys you should start who are obvious picks. I don't want to do that. I want to find that next secret hidden gem to win you guys hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So I'm still deciding on it. I'm going to check the injury reports tomorrow, potentially Wednesday. If I'm seeing more accuracy, because it's not, I'm not the only one that has complained about it. So maybe they'll do something about it. Maybe. But if I can find some hidden gems, I'll, I'll put out an episode for you DFS fans so we can play some XFL DFS. Either way, you will get another show this week, so stay tuned. Listen, if you guys want to follow us on Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash fantasy intervention. If you guys want to listen to us on any other source, we're available on Google Play, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and CastBox. Wahoo. Huge shout out to Fantasy Football Discussion once again. Thanks, Nick, for the idea. You're awesome, man. Keep them coming. And of course, of course, if you guys want to join us on Patreon, join our circle. It's two bucks a month, 50 cents a week. That's it. Patreon.com slash fantasy intervention. Even if you aren't getting something from that, at least go on there and show your support. I'm doing all this stuff for free, man. Doing it all for free for you guys. Go on there and show your support. Help me help you by being able to keep doing this and put out more and more episodes. I want to get to a point where this is my actual full-time job. And it's it's getting there. We're getting there, guys. I have some radio deals in the works right now. I'm trying to figure that out. Navigate my way through that. Anyways, guys, I appreciate you guys for listening and thank you for letting me intervene with your fantasy football life. Hey, my dope, my niggas is dope. Switch up a stove, pick up a stove. They feeling no way, they know I'm the goat. Hey, 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 hey. I got it made, my niggas is made. I'm getting
that's how you bang a podcast.